Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So, if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the How to Raise Money podcast with me, Ray McLennan. And with me, Nigel T. Best. Raymondo, how the devil are you today? You know, have you got money in your pocket or are you, you know, thinking, <laughs> where, where's, where's, you know, where am I going to get my next wadge of cash from? You know, how's yeah, it going well, over there? Yeah. Uh, well, it seems to be that uh, everything is costing a lot more these days. Everything's mm. gone up. I mean, this time last year, fuel was at one pound and three per liter. Uh, it's now at one forty-three in some places, one fifty-three a liter. You know, huge rise. Um, butter, other things like that, food, commodities. <laughs> well, butter is. I mean, I noticed that butter used to be about a pound for you know a block of butter or whatever it used to be about a pound it's now like two quid do you know do you know the one that made me laugh <laughs> was when they said um shrinkflation when they said okay the price hasn't gone up but what you get in the packet has gone down yes yes and they had, and they had people on and they, and the, what were they talking they were talking about crisps they were talking about chocolate they were yep. talking about the gaps in toblerone and and then they had all these people on. He said, "Cadbury's cream you know, eggs. Cadbury's well, cream eggs used to be about the size of a tennis ball. Now well, they're about the size of a Malteser." I know, but the, all these people were on, and they said, "This is outrageous." He said, "How are you meant to live when they're doing this to us?" And I was thinking, "Well, how about the fact you shouldn't be eating just chocolate and crisps?" <laughs> you know, as far as I'm aware, a potato is still the size of a potato. Then he jog on and, and get something sensible. He says, I, I used to buy 48 packets of crisps a day, and now you're only getting 47. It's an outrage. You know, and it's just like, right, whoever the reporter was should have just said, hold on, hold on. Are these not meant to be just treats and little extras? These are not your staple. These are not your five a day, five bags of crisps. You know, and not your your five a day. But anyway, anyway, it was a pint, a pint of milk it, is not as big as it used to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Where's my five hundred and sixty-eight point two six two five milliliters of milk, good sir, mm. and things like. <laughs> but well, I, I mean, inflation. So inflation. Inflation. Is up, you know, it's at four percent. They reckon it's going to go to five percent. What does that mean? Uh, that means that. Uh, interest rates will inevitably rise, although it was interesting that interest rates, as we speak here now in November uh, 2021, Bank of England did not put interest rates up, much to everyone's surprise. <laughs> well, not much to all those people in the city who'd taken positions in the markets uh, on the basis that the Bank of England said, oh, you know, interest rates may have to rise. They went, Right, let's take a gamble here, guys and gals. You know, we're, we're going in, we're going in. And then when they didn't rise, they went, well, you so-and-sos, you, you were bloody well, you were bloody well telling us it was. And they went, no, we didn't. We said we're going to have a few meetings and we might decide to go up in a bit. This yeah. is not, not my fault you had a gamble. Well, uh, but, but there we go. I think the quote from um, 
a guy, is it, uh, I, I keep getting mixed up with this name, but I think it's Mr. Danny Blanchflower. I thought he was the manager for Northern Ireland many years ago, but he seems to be he, on the he was monetary. A footy player, Danny he seems to be on the monetary policy committee of the Bank of England. And um, he had said that a lot of it was caused by supply chain issues, um, which is, is again, a valid argument because there are containers out there that are, are stuck in ports, stuck in ships, stuck in the Suez Canal, although historically they were. Um, uh, and that's caused a supply chain issue and they couldn't be unloaded because of COVID and this, that, and the next thing. And that's it's that lack of supply that seems to be causing the inflation. And as he quoted and said, there are things like gas or anything. He says, you know, putting up interest rates isn't going to get you more gas. Putting up interest rates isn't going to, you know, isn't the answer uh, in the short term. And I think that's why they decided not to do it. But they did not rule out an interest rate rise in December, yeah. just in time for Christmas. There we go. Yeah. But the, but the other thing, right, when, you, when you're talking about that, you look at the, uh, the world economy and all of a sudden the, the, major, the major governments are looking at things. And what have the governments been talking about nonstop? They're talking about massive infrastructure projects. And as soon as you stimulate the demand to that level, then you're saying, well, actually, hang on, hang on. Nobody's geared up to do this level of supply, especially given that they've had a year off on, uh, you know, skeleton crew or whatever it might be, uh, idle factories, those sort of things, to suddenly have these massive um, demand increases by, by the uh, sort of the big economies, you're always going to struggle because all of a sudden everyone wants to ramp up the production, everyone wants to ramp up the distribution, everyone wants to ramp up the construction side of things. So um, you've seen you've seen enormous projects being proposed and. And all it does is it, it it changes things. And then when you look at the shifting pattern of people who couldn't go on holiday, who would have, let's say, spent, you know, two holidays, for argument's sake, keep it simple, £5,000 uh, a year. And they've now maybe had two years where they haven't done that. They used to spend 4000 quid on their train um, season ticket, you know, and they were both doing that. And then they used to do this. And then they, every time they'd walk to work, they'd buy a coffee and a sandwich and they'd spend another 50 quid a week there and stuff. All of a sudden they're sat at home, working from home. And there are people who have suddenly got, you know, a little bit more left over. So they've got more money than month rather than more month than money. And, and those people are then sitting around. And I tell you what, there's nothing worse than being trapped in your home for compiling the world's largest DIY to-do list on your property. And that list goes from, well, maybe we could, you know, buy a, a new lamp or something to we need to keep the lamp, but change everything else that that is around <laughs> that lamp, including we need a 12 story extension to the, to our bungalow. Um, and, and it gets ridiculous. And, and all of a sudden everyone thinks they've got the money. They want it. They want it now. They're sat there and demand has just increased, increased, increased. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, as the prices rise, the classic thing is back to the old wage inflation. Um, so wage push inflation where people say, well, my money's actually not buying as much as I thought it would. I need a pay rise. So you get the pay rise that filters through everything that goes into the economy is now costing more and mm -hmm. uh, the prices rise again. And then you go, well, actually that 6% pay rise doesn't cover it. I need 10%. And bingo, hello, 1970s. And uh, we're back in that crazy situation. So I can understand why uh, the, the Bank of England are just sort of going, look, you know, <laughs> some of these things are blips. 
Um, and and we need to we need to just weather it, let it smooth out, and let it come back, and let's see what fundamentally has changed forever, as opposed to what things are, have just changed in the moment. Uh, I mean, let's face it: the gas uh, demand for gas. Well, Europe Europe is just heading into autumn and winter, so so obviously there's going to be that increase. Um, but but there we go. It, it's interesting, but I know, Ray, a lot of people sort of talk about interest rates and, um, you know, people sort of say, well, who sets it? How, how does it work? And one of the things, we, we're going back to when Tony Blair and Gordon Brown came in and they, they separated the role of setting interest rates from the government to the independent Bank of England. Um, I think it was quite... Um, quite a clever move i don't know what your thoughts are on it but it was always it was always a, a case of politicians are about as robust as a sapling in a hurricane uh, when it comes to things and and they will you know they will try and do things uh to could we say garner the popular votes or mm. uh, you know their decisions are hugely affected as to whether there's an election coming up or not whereas yeah, the bank the Bank of England tend to stick to their guns and, and go through things in a much more measured way. So I think it's been a, a, a great benefit to the country is that particular move. Um, obviously, selling all our, our gold at historic lows by Mr. Brown was not, but there we go. Um, you know, you can't win them all. Hey, can't win them hey all. Gordon. No. Can't win them all. Um, but, I need to correct something I said earlier on. I said that, uh, that Danny Blanch Blanchflow was a member of the... Um, Monetary Policy Committee. He used to be a member of the Monetary ah, Policy Committee. Okay. He, he's a former member. Uh, he's now an um, economics professor at Dartmouth College in the United States. And he was quite critical of the bank. Uh, he said they should be wary of giving any forecast where interest rates are going. Um, he, he actually says, quote, uh, the central bank really hasn't a lot of clue what is going on. Uh, it's a big uncertain world and everyone should tread cautiously I'm afraid to have to say you have to take what the governor of the Bank of England and the Monetary Policy Committee say with a very large pinch of salt. So there we go. Oh, so, so he left on good. He on left there. on good terms, didn't he? Hey? <laughs> um, yeah, it's his good old former colleagues. Um, it's probably a good idea. He left the country. He's got some insight into how it works then. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, what does it say? Uh, uh, whenever there's a word committee involved, a camel is a horse designed by committee. That's it. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. But anyway, the, so the Bank of England set the interest rates. And um, for, for anyone, you've, you've got to think, OK, there's two sides to everything. There's those people that want to borrow money and those people that want to save money. So obviously the interest rate has a direct effect on those. So mortgages, typically the best, most common way that people borrow large amounts of money. And, and low interest rates has meant, you know, has that fueled the house price rise because affordability to pay mortgages is, you know, is in, improved almost certainly. So, you know, whenever bank, whenever house prices were going up too much, they often used to just sort of say, you know, up it a little bit to put a bit of pressure on and, and stuff. But I mean, Ray, I, for, for savers, it's been desperate. You, mm -hmm. you look at your bank account. I remember I got a letter. I'd forgotten I'd got the account. It had about eight quid in it. I think if I live to the age of about 33 and a half million years old, I might have a reasonable amount in today's term. However, mm. I did get a letter that said, we are adjusting your interest rate on your account. And it was going from 
0, I lost how many notes were in it. It was something like 0.001% per annum to 0.0005% per <laughs> annum or something. And I, I felt like getting on the phone and, and complaining that this was going to leave me in financial ruin until I realized that it would probably be about eight years before I got a penny as opposed to two pence. So I thought, I can't be bothered. Um, but, the, but there we go. So it, for savers, low interest rates have been pretty poor. Um, have, uh, but the upshot of that, though, of the other side is, is to look at um, people who have money having, have, have had to do something with it to try and generate yes. a better return. So they have taken a chance. They have invested in companies. They've invested in products and services. They've invested in EIS, enterprise investment schemes. They've invested in property, you know, either jointly or, or collectively uh, to try and get themselves a better return. So all of that is stimulating the economy and washing through and getting things done, uh, which is better than just having it sitting in a bank doing nothing because money needs to flow. It has to be doing something. Uh, if it just stagnates, then it's it's not doing anything. Um, and anybody who hoards hoards it and doesn't do anything with it is is you know not really going to achieve anything. And and certainly that's helped our listeners because a, a lot of people go out and get pri- raise money privately uh, through individuals who do look at their bank account and go, what I'm getting nothing here, and and you could offer me five percent, seven percent, eight percent, ten percent, whatever. That's been very attractive and it really help, has helped grease the wheels of a lot of people doing property and business investments, um, you know, raising money for that. So, yeah, that's absolutely been, been good there. But in terms of getting mortgages, you know, folks, we've never had such cheap money. Mm. It, it really is. And, you know, I, I, I am making a note that I really need to uh, look at redoing an awful lot of uh, mortgages and other borrowings uh, to try and maybe lock in at some of these historic rates because the Bank of England do say we expect it to go up. Now, if if you saw the headline, the Bank of England raises interest rates uh, by 100%, what's your immediate reaction? <laughs> you would be terrified. However, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, only, that only takes from 0.1 to 0.2 mm, yeah. percentage points. So you, can you see how a headline could could skew people's reactions? I mean, that could cause meltdown, couldn't it? But it's it's like anything when you see reports on the news and they say something has, you know, has doubled, tripled in the last year. And then you go, it's gone from two to six. And you go, out of how many? And they go, 100 million. And you go, okay, we don't need to panic about that one just yet. But in terms of interest rates, people will if they go too far panic because uh, ray i remember my dad grumbling and muttering many years ago when he would show me a mortgage statement and the interest rate was 15 percent and uh and and he was sort of saying look at that and then i remember i remember him being very happy one day and he and he just said to me that's it it's done it's over with and I was thinking, oh, my God, what's happened? What's happened? And uh, I said, what is it? And I said, I've, I've paid the mortgage off. He's done. I don't have to give him a penny more. <laughs> sort of thing. And, and that was how it was because it was damned expensive yep. uh, to do it. You know, I think my first mortgage was at about eight or nine percent. And boy, that does that. When you look at the lifetime repayment on a mortgage, Put it in, folks. If, you, if you've got one of those calculators, put in 9% interest 
on your mortgage and see what the total amount you repay is going to be. And it, it, it's in a, well, I'd say sit down, sit down, have some tissues next to you, you know, and, and get ready to weep. Because if we head back to that figure, there's a lot of people who's going to be in trouble, Ray. Yeah, indeed. I mean, interest rates, what remember when they were 15% in sort of 89. Um, and they kind of hovered around five, six, seven percent for many, many years. Uh, and then they started, I suppose, dropping. Um, probably they started dropping around 2008. Obviously, they crashed 2009 and they dropped right down uh, to 1%, less than 1%. In fact, they're sitting now at what is it, 0. 0.1%? 0.1, I think. Yeah, yeah. 0.1. Yeah, yeah. Interest rates are at 0.1% right now. So um, it's, it's, difficult it's hard to see them going shooting back up i wouldn't imagine they'll go up to four or five percent or anything like that you know they'll they'll creep up they crept down so if they crept down they're going to creep back up um yeah yeah you can't you could not give the economy a shock um like that and and hope it would survive this is this is where they're almost in a position here folks where yes it it may well increase to uh, who knows one percent over the course of uh, a couple of years, but it can't go much more. However, however, the there's always this thing of people look at it and they go, well, hang on, hang on. If it's 0.1%, why can't I borrow money at 0.1%? And it's because the lenders always want a margin. The lenders mm -hmm. always want something. Right. And so if your interest rate is going to go up from, say, 0.1 to 0.5%, your, you know, your products may, your mortgage products may go from two to 3%. So there might not be the same increase in the base rate might translate to a, a bigger increase on the, uh, the mortgage rate that you pay. So, you know, what, what are you thinking, Ray? Do you think, um, you know, would you like to be chairman of the Bank of England at this point? <laughs> no, not at any point. No, not, not really. <laughs> um, it's just not my thing. Um, well, you're too busy um, being dictator of the world anyway, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, indeed. No, I think it's, uh, you know, put, put people in the positions that they're best qualified for, um, uh, which is, always makes bizarre why um, cabinet ministers are chosen. You know, you put the secretary of health in charge of health and he has never done anything like that before. I don't understand why they're not putting anyone in there who's got some form of formal qualification, but that's another story, isn't it? It's all about. Uh, management of people rather than management of circumstances but uh, no uh, to answer your question no i would not want to be the chairman of the bank of england uh, it's a monetary policy committee so you always get the figures out of the dissenters because it's never everybody that agrees to rise or, hawks, or hawks. hawks and doves i think they call them don't that's they? it hawks and doves yeah so there's some that agree to put it up and others that agree to put it down and then it's obviously they have to they have to have a quorum. They have to have the right number of people who are going to decide that they go up before they will go up. So it's it's no one person's decision. Um, but I think you're right that moving it away from the politicians to the Bank of England Monetary Policy Committee, committee was probably a good thing. Um, but we're on the... Well, the, and I, I must dig into more detail here, but um, when you measure inflation, it's the things that they measure. There's things <laughs> they measure versus things that are actually going up. You know, they yeah. sort of, you know, they have this uh, for the consumer price index. They have this. What is it? The famous basket of of food. Basket of goods. Yeah. And I tell, yeah. And I tell you what, when you're building houses, um, the basket of goods should include four by two timber, bags <laughs> of plaster, and things like that. Not not crisps and a pack of of you know low fat spread or something like that. I don't know. Um, let's. I was going to say. Um, 
in, in terms of inflation, inflation's a weird one in, in terms of it's quite good for a nation's debt, mm-hmm. um, but it's not necessarily good for, um, you know, the, uh, the, the employees, the, the people of, an, of a country, um, in as much as their, their pay packets are always um, feeling like it's not going quite as far. How, how do you balance that one, Ray? Um, how do I balance that one? Let's put the question another way. Inflation. Yeah. You know, how would you try and control it? How would you try and control inflation? Well, it's, it's how do you measure inflation? You measure inflation with this basket of goods, don't you? Um, and yeah. in the basket of goods, I mean, the last time I looked, they put some, the basket of goods now included things like hand sanitizer and uh, dumbbell weights and smartwatches. They were added to this basket of goods, to which, which is, is used to calculate the cost of living and a, and a sign of how you know, spending habits are changing. So it's like anything else when you get data of any description. The data usually comes down to how you measure it, you know, what you measure you can manage. Um, and you're absolutely right. If they if they had put in things like four by two and copper pipe and various other things, you know, all if they've taken all of these things, they, they you know the, the the cost of living rise or the inflation is probably that much higher. Um, so I suppose it's about it's about measuring things. How do you measure it? And you have to take. Uh, I dare say I'm I'm not qualified really to give a proper answer on this, but I would say widen the definition. Would be yeah, my, I mean I, I'm I'm answer. looking at it. I'm looking at it now, right? And they said 17 items were added to the consumer prices index. All right. Uh, 10 items were removed. So what they added included electric and hybrid cars, hand hygiene, men's loungewear bottoms, <laughs> and smartwatches. Removals from the basket included staff restaurant sandwiches and gold chains. So. Uh, Okay. How many items? This must be some huge basket. Um, one thing said that they, they can look at up to 80,000 things, but then in this basket, I think there's 700 items, um, wow. most of which stay the same. But, yeah, I, I didn't realize quite how many there were. How they weight them, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, is another question uh, in there. But, um, yeah, obviously there's a whole government department doing all that. And... Uh, you know, in the Department of Administrative Affairs or, or whatever it, it was. From, <laughs> yes, Mr. Hacker. From Yes, Minister. Um, I'm, I'm moving because my, my laptop is going to die unless I plug it in here. So, oh, here he goes. He's on the move, folks. I'm, I'm uh, on the move. A, bit li- a bit like interest rates aren't at the moment. <laughs> uh, but, but, Ray, I mean, it, it's interesting stuff because we see these things. It's banded around um, a lot. And I guess the the real thing is, if if all of a sudden savings rates went up, then the number of people who are willing to invest in potentially your riskier business or property venture would decline. Um, Possibly, or, yeah. or the amounts you would have to offer to tempt them out would have to go up. But also, yep. if you're if you're borrowing for your uh, mortgage rates, then perhaps now is the time to lock in. And if you, if you're looking at things. You know, we've had a, a period where they've been really quite low uh, interest rates for a number of years. So kind of 10 years we've been below 1%. Are they going to stay there for another 10 years? Well, you know, this is this is where um, it, it began. On my crystal ball, it gets a bit foggy 
at this point. I can't quite see it clearly, but I am seriously considering, Ray, I don't know about you, maybe just on a couple of mortgages, pushing them out a bit further, five, 10 year, five, seven, 10 year rates, uh, and, yeah. and fix them in. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a decision. And any here's a top tip as well, Ray. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I know a lot of people who always uh, sort of come to you and they, and they sort of regret decisions they made. And they sort of go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. You know, why did I do that? And they beat themselves up over it. If you were looking at fixing a mortgage right now, one of the things I always say is, right, write down on a piece of paper why you're making the decision. So with what you know right now, you're thinking, okay, I'm making this decision. Put a little note alongside it to say how happy you are about that decision. And if you're sort of like an eight or nine out of 10 with that decision, you write it down on a piece of paper, put it away. Seven years later, when interest rates are on minus 8% and and you've locked in at 5% or something and you're kicking yourself every morning about how much extra you're paying, pull out that piece of paper and go, well, actually, I looked at it. I was happy with it then. So tough. Mm -hmm. I should be happy with it now. Don't Don't beat yourself up with regret. Too many people do it because they can't remember the situation they were in when they made the decision. So write that situation down, write why you made that decision down on a piece of paper. And that way, boy, it gives you peace of mind. All right, it wasn't the greatest decision, but it was one that you made in, in good faith. And, and then that way you don't beat yourself up over uh, thinking it's a regret and you should have done something different. If you put yourself back in that situation again, you'd have made the same decision with mm. the information you had at the time. So that, that's just one Top tip there in, in case you, you're worried about it and how will how will you feel about it in years to come? Write it down. Wise words there from the wise man. It reminds me of a quote, I can't remember who gave it, but it was about commitment is doing the thing that you said you would do long after the mood you said it in has left you. Yeah. Same yeah. idea. Same idea. Uh, Write yeah, it down. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good advice there. Excellent. All right. So there you go. Interest rates. Who knows? On that bombshell. Yeah, I have been Ray McLennan and I'm still Nigel T. Best. And if you want to get in touch with us, just go over to uh, htrmoney.co.uk or pop us an email. Hello at htrmoney.co.uk. Be great to hear from you. Indeed. And uh, earlier on, when we talked about various things, if there's anything that you want us to talk about, discuss or anything you disagree with, likewise, get in touch. Absolutely. Love to hear from you. All right. Cheers, Ray. All right. See you later, folks. Bye. Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire. See you next time, where we can show you how to raise money. There is abundance. There is money enough for everyone on the planet. The question is, who has yours?